he's setting the markers. I just have to be paying attention to him to see them. They don't look the same as they looked in the world, but being obedient from day to day is an accomplishment in itself. Hey friends, I'm Ryan Channel, a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, encouraging other women to seek and know God and grow a deeper relationship with Him. Welcome to Wellness and the Word, a podcast helping Christian women create ultimate mental and physical wellness through meditating on God's Word to renew our minds, learning how to apply His truth to our lives, and taking care of our bodies the way He intends us to. My love for Jesus and my passion for wellness as a holistic health coach collide in this podcast that shares the gospel. Gospel literally means good news, friends. Don't we need more of that in today's world? I believe we all have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, and I want to point you to the only one who can fill it. Come join me and be encouraged as we chat about God's love and how to take care of you. Hey friends, welcome to Wellness and the Word. I am so excited because it's Testimony Tuesday and I have just loved so much hearing all of these testimonies from different people who are at different places in their life and in their faith journey and who have just very unique stories. And that's the case today with my guest, Tiffany Hefstruthers. Tiffany is a friend of mine and I'm so honored to know her. She is such a beautiful woman of God with a passion for helping other people, and she does that in so many ways. I am so inspired by her. So before we get into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about Tiffany. Tiffany is a wife, mother, and woman of faith. She is called to minister and mentor women and is passionate about helping women reinvent themselves following their worst setbacks, find their voices, and build businesses with their stories. Affectionately known as your bounce back guide, Tiffany lives out her calling as an evangelist, award-winning author, sought-after speaker, coach, and host of the Bounce Back Blueprint podcast. Tiffany recognized her gift to uplift at a very early age as her family became the billboard example for the epidemics plaguing the black community, drug abuse, single parenthood, gangs, poverty, and divorce. Nonetheless, Tiffany became the first in her family to graduate college. In the midst of her graduate studies, she found herself in a relationship she had no idea how to end and seemingly suddenly went from hardworking mother and student to heartbroken and homeless after being shot by her first love. Refusing to accept her worst setback as defeat, she began a journey of reinvention and has become the go-to for other women on the journey to the same. Tiffany's resilience and resourcefulness is known to be a catalyst for changing lives after every single encounter. She is the founder and director of When She Thrives, a nonprofit with the mission to equip single mothers to move their families from poverty to prosperity. Tiffany published two books in 2017, and she is active with women's ministry at her church. In her spare time, she enjoys reading, cooking, and and being home, spending quality time with loved ones. I am so, so honored to have Tiffany on, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Well, hey, Tiff. Thanks so much for being with me today. I'm so happy to have you on sharing your testimony. Hey, Ryan. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is quite the pleasure and honor. I'm so glad. Thank you. So we're going to just jump right in, and I would like you to tell me, before you met God, what was missing in your life? 
before I met God, what was missing in my life? It was him mostly, but at the time I didn't realize that's what it was. And so I thought that it was something I needed to achieve to be fulfilled. I grew up addicted to achievement largely because there were, I was the youngest of three and anything you can think of that could happen like in an inner city black family happened in my family. My sister was a teenage mom. My brother got involved with gangs. My dad was on drugs. My mom had mental health issues. And all I wanted to do was read books and not intentionally, of course, but because of the state of, you know, our family, I got the most attention when I achieved something. And so I was constantly chasing the next thing, even though that's not what I really needed. But because that was what had been prescribed to me for so long, it took a while for me to learn that. Wow. So yeah, that's a lot. And I love that despite your circumstances, you were still like you, you stayed on a good path at least, and you didn't choose like a, a dark path, which is exceptional, really. It's like the exception, not the rule. So I think that's awesome and probably a testament to like God's just guiding you even through I, all of that. Yes. Thank, thank you for saying that, but absolutely. I thank him. I believe that he had his hand on me the entire time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Wow. So, and I like how you said what was missing was God and, but we don't realize that at the time. And we're all trying to fill the void with something and we all do it with something different, right? It could have been drugs. It could have been gangs. It could have been other things. And that's what I love. And that's why I say in my show, we all have a God shaped hole that we're trying to fill. Yes. And for me, it wasn't like addiction or anything, but it's with busyness. It's with control. Mm. Yeah, I had a little bit of that in my hole too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So what were you trying to do that didn't work for you? Well, I was trying to find happy in that space that everyone had prescribed to me. So because I was who I was, I was very smart. I always made good grades. And kind of like you said, I used the situation, that the circumstances to motivate me as opposed to using them for an excuse. And so I, I was always told from the time I was a little girl, like if you work hard and you get good grades, you'll get a scholarship, you'll go to college, and then you'll get a good job. And all of those things happened, right? So it was just constantly like, what's the next mark I can hit? What's the next mark I can hit? So I was on this chase more than anything else because it was prescribed to me, but I was not happy and I couldn't figure it out. And I was a habitual job quitter. People would say like, you got this quote unquote, good job. Why do you keep quitting? But the jobs weren't good for me. I would get in, I would achieve, get promoted. And then I would get bored because God wasn't there. So that's kind of, I was, I was, you know, I wouldn't have been able to verbalize it this way then, but I was looking for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that just going back to that, we're always trying to find something and, and then we get it and it's like, oh, that's not, that doesn't feel really good or that there's still something missing. (laughs) And it's for me, you know, just the, like my life for very a long, very long time was a demonstration of the fact that success as the world presents it to us, does not make you happy, 
right? Like you have to be willing to surrender what you think is success and allow God to show you what that really looks like for you because he's the one who knows you best. He created you. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's actually a little bit of my story was I, you know, I, I finished college and I got the great job. And then a few years ago, I was just like, Oh, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and then I decided to leave my job because I wanted to be home with my kids and find something that I really enjoyed. And everybody was like, Whoa, are you Mm. crazy? You're leaving this like great job, great benefits. And even, you know, after I did leave, I struggled with like, Oh man, what, like, what kind of money would I be making now if I would have stayed? But I I know I wouldn't be happy. And I know that I wouldn't have the relationship that I have with God right now because I've been fostering that and I've been going after him and he's been leading me to this new path of following him and, and sharing him with other people, which I'm so glad. So, you know, yeah, the first job I got out of uh, college, I worked for social security and I, I got in like at a higher pay grade because of my GPA And so I left there just before I was going to have a jump. I was going to get about a $30,000 raise. Wow. I was young. And I was like, you know what? I have to quit now. I hated the job. I was miserable. Um, The money was good, especially as a young person. But I was like, if I don't leave before I get this big pay jump, I'm never going to leave this job because I'll be addicted to the money then. And literally like my supervisor, he got down on one knee. He was like, Tiffany, please don't do this (laughs) decision of your life. He's like, I know you put your notice in. I know it's your last day, but until you clock out today, you can still have your job. (laughs) Wow. And you were like, stop, I have to go. (laughs) And it's so hard. It's really hard to make that decision, but it was smart that you were like, I got to go now because once I get that raise, I will not leave. So what caused you to explore a relationship with God? (laughs) Has he always been part of your life? Like, did you grow up with that or what was, what caused you to do that? Yes. He's always been part of our life uh, up until Well, when my parents were married, right, because they did get divorced when I was very young, but when they were married, we went to church every week. My dad wasn't like uh, a deacon, but he was very closely involved with the leadership team at the church. We would have Bible study at home sometimes. So I I was rooted there. Um, But, you know, life happened. But also my father and I had a very close relationship and he was always reminding me of God's word and God's promises. So I had a lukewarm relationship, I'll say, for for most of my life. And as I started to continuously habitually quit these jobs, my dad would say to me, the reason why you're doing this is because you've gone as far as you can go on your own. And I was just like, yeah, but I got another job. Like, it's great. It's a little bit more money. It'll be fine. I understand what he was telling me now. But at the time I didn't. And what happened really, Ryan, is that God was chasing me. I was kind of trying to explore him and then life would happen and I would just go back to whatever. But he was chasing me. And then I had some rock bottom situations where all I had was him and there was nothing else to explore. And so I clung to him like my life depended on it because it did. Wow, that's amazing. And what was the turning point in your relationship? When did you 
just know or, or, or go deeper with God? So I moved to, I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, born and raised here. Um, but I moved to North Carolina for a couple of years, um, right after, not long after I had my second son, because I had a really tumultuous relationship with their father and it blew up literally. And so I needed a change. And while I was there, I went to a new, I went to a church. I found like my Pittsburgh church in North Carolina, but there was a person, uh, one of the assistant pastors who I connected with. She's like, Tiffany, there's this other church I go to for Bible study. I want you to visit with me. I think you'll like it. It'll be a great way for you to meet some other moms, all of that stuff. So I went to this church, Ryan, and I kid you not, you know how like on TV, when somebody has a moment and like that ray of light comes down and the angels are like, (laughs) (laughs) when I walked into this foyer of this church, that's exactly what happened. It was, it was something. So I went to the Bible study. It was great. And I was like, well, maybe I'll try this church out. And I went to the church and this was a big church. I'm talking about like an auditorium, uh, campus school, like you logged your kids in with the, like, it was a big church, not anything I was used to. But when I got there on Sunday, I had culture shock because the pastor was white and I had never been to a church that was as multicultural, right. And led by a pastor that was not black. So it was, it was different, but I was drawn And so long story short, I ended up joining this church and I went to a Bible, a women's Bible study later on. And afterwards they were like, we're going to stay in, we're going to pray. And this lady prayed for me and she was like, Tiffany, sit down. There's, there's something heavy on you. And she like prayed for me and I like went into literal convulsions. Like I completely lost control And afterwards, something was different. I got the Holy Spirit in that church. I started speaking in tongues in that church. And so it was there that I really had my own real encounters with God and the Holy Spirit. And that changed everything. Wow. That's incredible. So how long did you stay at that church? So I stayed in North Carolina for two years. So I was there for pretty much once I found the church, I was there for the extent of my time there. Wow. That's incredible. That's so awesome. And I, I love to talk to people who actually had those experiences because like, you know, they're in a movie usually, yes. <laughs> but it really happens. And we all experience yes. the Holy Spirit differently. Oh my gosh. Yes. It, it became so much more real for me. I can remember being little in church and like there was a group of us girls, you know, we would always sit in the road together and have our tambourines and we would see, you know, parents and other church members get the Holy Spirit. And we thought it was funny. Like we didn't really <laughs> what was happening because of the way it affected people. And so, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, wow. I probably would have been laughing at myself that night. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so cool. So, and I love I love that you shared that even though your dad had his own struggles, he always clearly had a relationship with God because he was always trying to point you that way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that also played a huge part in strengthening my relationship with God because my dad passed away in 2016. 
And, you know, he was always my, you know, he was the bridge for me to God. And so when he died, it was a very, very serious test of my faith. Cause I'm like, God, like, why would you take him? You know? Um, but I realized that I had been displacing some of my faith and it was attached to my dad when it really needed to be attached to God. Mm, yeah. Wow. It was tough. Wow. That's amazing. I think that that can happen often. We can be, especially if that person was the one who kind of connected you to God, Yes, that that's kind of where that idol can come in in different ways. It can be through people. It can be through things. So that's interesting, but I love that it was a way for you to really get your own connection with God. Yes. It, it was a very subtle, you know, now that you say it, there mm-hmm. was, it was very subtle, but I do think to an extent it was, you know, idolatry. Yeah, definitely. So when did you feel closest to God? Probably in that season after my dad passed away, because like I said, I had to, you know, we are, we had that connection, but I had to really rebuild and really work to get that intimacy and be able to hear his voice. And also, you know, I had to do some work to forgive God because I was angry about losing my dad. Like it really, it, it really broke me down. It did. And so that's, that's when I started to feel closest to him because it was then when I started to have that shift to where I had to move from believing in him to depending on him. So good. Yes. That's a big difference. That's yeah, a big it difference. Is. And I, I knew you were going to say that for some reason, I just knew you were going to say that was the time you got closest to God because often, and I feel like this has come up on other testimony Tuesdays, often when we're at the lowest or darkest time, that's when we have the choice. And some people go either way, especially when it comes to death, it tests our faith and Mm -hmm. and we question God, which is normal and is totally okay. But usually people go one of two ways. You're either going to go towards God or you're going to go away from him. And I love when people get closer to God during those times. And that's usually when we get closest to God, when we're at our, our lowest, at our saddest. And I just, I love that. I love that for people. And I I want that for more people. So I hope that when people hear the testimonies, they remember, like if you, if you come to your lowest point, like you have the choice. And I I pray that people will go closer to God instead of further. Well, and I should have prefaced that by saying, you know, I said earlier, I was a habitual job quitter, right? About a year and a half before my dad died, God called me to leave my job. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't leave my job. <laughs> like, what? What are you talking like, about? Right. I just bought a house. I'm like, God, you do realize I have this mortgage to pay now, right? And I can remember literally walking outside my job, sitting in this little area and calling my dad and telling him like, you know, what was going on. And he broke down. He said, I always knew you were called. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, you have to leave. And he was like, I have your back, right? And I'm trying not to cry. And so 
in the midst of that, I had started doing some entrepreneurial things. And so it was my understanding that when God called me out of this job, that he was calling me into full-time entrepreneurship. But very shortly thereafter, my, my dad got sick. He came, he was living in North Carolina. He came to Pittsburgh to visit with my boys and I, and he couldn't go back home. Like he, over the course of two or three months, lost his mobility. And then he ended up just like, literally, I cared for him for a year and then he died. And so that was part of the challenge. It was like, okay, God, I've been being obedient. I left my job. You know, I was struggling financially to a degree in my mind anyway he was definitely providing but i i was just like i've been obedient you you've taken my livelihood now you're taking my dad like what is happening you know but it was it was about perspective shift and it was about him strengthening my faith and it was about me learning to trust him no matter what and you know all of those things that we hear talked about in the Bible and we hear preached from the pulpit on Sundays, but until you are in it and have to experience it, you never really fully can understand or even, you know, wrap your mind around that experience. But now I can say that I'm thankful for it all. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You had me teary eyed and goosebumps when you were sharing that. Like, wow. So you did quit your job and was that the year that you had your dad with you and you could take care of him? So I left my job in the middle of 2014 and my dad came to visit us in October of that year. And then by January of 2015, he was like bed bound. So I took care of him for the entirety, just about of 2015 until the end. And he passed away at the beginning of 2016. Mm, okay. Wow. I'm so okay. sorry. And I, I just see it as like, that was time where you quit your job and you could be with your dad and take care of him. Exactly. In hindsight, of course, right? Yes. Because oh, yeah. Dad and I, for a very long time, as part of that, we spent a lot of time talking about and praying about when he would get better, when he learned mm-hmm. to walk again, you know, because he was in therapy and all of those things. And, and for a while, the both of us missed what God was really doing, mm-hmm. right? He, he extended the grace to us to that I would be able to be with him in his last days. Sorry. Yes. No, no. I think it's, it's so hard and it's just so beautiful though to be able to reflect on. And like you said, in hindsight, you can see it, but. Just can be- I just share one other thing? Cause yeah. I think it might bless somebody. So mm-hmm. Um, towards the end, my dad did have to go into like a full-time care facility. One day I went to visit him and he said to me, um, I've been reflecting and I've been trying to figure out what I did that was so bad that my life is ending this way. And he said, you know, maybe I didn't minister to enough people. And I joked with him. I said, well, dad, everybody here is like stuck in bed. So you can get in your wheelchair, like <laughs> go to people's room and they have to work. <laughs> yeah. But I told, but, and I didn't get to tell him then, but I recognize now that if he didn't minister to anybody else, he ministered to me. And now there are so many people who are being blessed because of that. Yes, 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 exactly. Because that's why they say one person matters, right? If, yeah. if, you're, if you are 
showing one person Jesus, you have no idea what that one person is going to go do. So I am so grateful for your dad because you have changed so many women's lives and you are such a powerful person and so passionate about sharing God with other people. So I know your dad knows that he did bless so many other people through you. And that is so amazing. Thank you. And I just hope somebody who's listening, who, you know, don't take for granted the opportunity to share one word with somebody or to Mm. pray for somebody, that one person could, you just never know what happens when you plant that seed. You don't know how your harvest will come back. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And just those everyday small actions, like, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but you could be the only Bible or the only way that anybody meets Jesus, right? Is through right. you and your life. That's right. what matters. And I used to be very timid and sharing God and obviously I'm not anymore, but right. I've definitely been convicted in that way. It's so important. So when did you feel the greatest doubt or distance from God? Hmm. Probably whenever um towards the end of that relationship with the boy's father things were just getting really rocky my life was completely out of control and in the course of one year i filed bankruptcy i was homeless i ended up in an emergency domestic violence shelter because he shot me and i was just like god like this is not who you created me to be like remember me the straight a student what is my life, you know? And also it was challenging because I was in need, I was in so much need, if you will. And the people around me were always, well, I won't say always, but there were a lot of people around me that were just like, what happened to you? Like, what, what is your life? You know, like you, I remember somebody saying to me, like, you used to make the newspaper, like now what, what's going on, you know? And so that was a very challenging time for me because it was like an identity crisis. And it ultimately did lead me back to him. That's how I ended up in North Carolina after all of that happened. Um, but it was a very challenging time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like, some of the the things you just mentioned are some of like those those top hard moments in life and yours was like bam 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 right that you hope you never encounter and yours was like all at once so yes. I can definitely see how you could be farthest from god or feel that that doubt or distance from him at that point wow like incredible so if you could thank god for one incident in your faith journey what would it be that is tough, Ryan. <laughs> One incident in my faith journey, what would it be? Huh. I'll tell you. Um, there are so many, but one that stands out for me, um, the year, like after my dad died and, you know, I hadn't been working and God had not told me to go back to work, but I kept trying. And I remember one day I was, well, I got this temporary job and I hated it. Like I would get there and I would be sick to my stomach, but it was a great job, right? It was so, so great. And I came home and I was just like exhausted. And I was telling my husband, like, I'm sorry, I don't know why I can't work at this job, blah, blah, blah. And I came upstairs to change my clothes and I was sitting on the edge of my bed and I was just like crying. And I'm like, God, 
what kind of woman doesn't go to work to support her family? And he said to me, what kind of woman won't allow me to take care of her? Oh. (laughs) So I'll never forget that moment. Ever. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm horrible. (laughs) I like when God checks us, though. It's good. (laughs) Okay, mic drop. Yeah, exactly. He, God will humble us. And I think that's honestly one of the best parts of like walking with God is you become very humble and so much less prideful because I, I didn't even know that I was like a prideful person. I always thought pride as like different, you know, in a different way. But I think everybody kind of has that pride where we think we can do it on our own or, or just different forms of pride. Right. And, and I think, like I said, it's, it can be subtle sometimes Mm -hmm. because we expect pride to show up as like arrogance and very egotistical, but it, it can be, um, a whisper if you will. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love that. So if you could thank God for one person in your faith journey, who would it be? Definitely my dad. Yeah, definitely my dad. And at a close second though, I will say, um, there's a woman that I met. I used to go to a program and to make a long story short, she is part of what set off this, this stirring in me to leave my job. And I'll never forget. She's like, I need to talk to you when this session was over. And um, we had a conversation and she, uh, she was basically telling me like, when God tells you to do something, you have to do it. And I was like, like I got a mortgage to pay. Okay. (laughs) Before work, I'm doing it after work. And she was like, no, that's not how it works. And like within 30 days, God was like, you need to quit your job. Wow. I I could not stand her (laughs) a long time, but now she holds a very special place in my heart because she was giving me some foresight. Yeah. You know, she was I believe being obedient to God and, and saying what she said to me that night. Yeah, definitely. And, and I love that you said obedient because that's, I think that's going to be my word for 2021 because I, I think Look I need to out. be more obedient. <laughs> I know I'm like, oh. dare I pick this word? <laughs> I think but, it's a good word though. Yeah, it is. I think I'll that I need it. it to you. All that's going to be manifest as a result. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. I love that. And I think just like she was obedient, again, she was that one person who she planted that seed in you again, just like your dad did. And if God calls you to do something, if he tells you to do something, if he tells you to pray for someone or do tell someone something, how important it is, right? Yes, for sure. Love it. So what difference has Jesus made in your life? You know, he's, uh, he's just made me new, very cliche answer, I'm sure. Um, But, you know, I really see the Bible in real life, in my own life, you know, like I know. So what he's, what the difference that he's made is that he's become real for me. You know, there are people who say like your grandmother has been praying for you or your, you know, your, your mom's prayers are covering you. But now, and not to say that my parents and my grandparents don't pray for me, but I can do it for myself. I have my connection for myself. It's real 
for me. And I think that's the biggest difference that he made. Like, I don't have to be praying to my grandma's God. Like, I can have my own relationship. And that's just been transformational. Oh, I love that. And I don't think that was a cliche answer at all. He makes us new. And I think that's not looked at enough. Like, that's literally, we are reborn. We are made brand new when we welcome Jesus into our heart. And that's so beautiful. And it's such a, like a chance to just turn the page and start over and be a new person. And it's never too late. You could do it every day if you need to. Yeah. I think that's how <laughs> most of the time I'm like, okay. You have kids minute by minute. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, okay, Jesus, let's start over again. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, and that relationship piece, we literally have a direct connection. And that's what I love too, is now that I'm older and I understand like the Bible's not just a, a story. It's not a fictional story. These people were real. And I love to think of it from that perspective when I'm reading the Bible, like these were real people. And if you're in the Bible, you're like, these people were crazy. This is like a drama, but they, cause they were real people and they made mistakes and they did the most ridiculous thing. But you're like, Oh, I do. I do that too. Just in modern day ways. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So are there any scriptures that are special to you, Tiff? So Isaiah 61 is a very special scripture to me. Um, while again, I was on that journey just before my dad died, I was going to a small group. Actually, and this, and this is the irony, everything comes full circle. One of the small groups I was in in North Carolina was called Breaking Free. And the first four verses of Isaiah 61 were part of it. And I, uh, the, the group leader gave us all these magnets with those scriptures. And I have had that magnet on my refrigerator since I lived in North Carolina almost 10 years ago, right? Yeah. And, and in 2015, just before my dad died, I was participating in this small group and I was angry because we were meeting at this coffee shop and I didn't have any money to buy coffee. So I was like having a fit and everybody had a drink. So somebody in the group was like, Tiffany, do you, you don't have a drink. Do you want a drink? And I was like, live it. Cause like, who doesn't have $2 to buy coffee? Oh, yeah. so I got home and I was like, why don't I have money? Like that was embarrassing. And God was like, I told you I was going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I made sure that you had coffee. Did it make a difference that she paid for it and not you? Uh. And so having this meltdown and I couldn't like get myself together. So I opened up the book that we were reading for small group and wouldn't, you know, it was Isaiah 61. And he basically told me, this is why you're experiencing the things that you're experiencing. You can't proclaim the good news to the poor. If you've never been poor, you can't send you. I can't send you to bind up the brokenhearted if you've never had a broken heart. So this scripture is like now become the reason why it, it is, it is the bounce back blueprint. If you read it, the entire, like you can read through verse five and get it. But if you read the entire thing, it's only 11 verses. It's just, it's just, that, that's it. Just read I love it. it. I want. love it. <laughs> Just read it. I love knowing the story of like when people connect with that scripture and like where, where it came from or where God reached you in that moment. Like, and that's like that scripture you just cling to. I love that. Yes. That's awesome. So how have you changed in the past five years? You know, I would like to say, Ryan, that I have 
been born again, again, and largely because, you know, we're coming up literally on the five-year anniversary that my dad died. And I know I keep going back to that, but it's changed me so much because I've had to do life without him. Um, but also because I have stepped into deeper relationship with God, I have, you know, when I first started my business in 14, I had no intention of like leading with God. And my dad kept telling me, you've gone as far as you could go on your own. And once you put God into this, it's going to take off. And I was just like, God to me and everywhere I go, God goes like, what do you mean? But I have completely surrendered to being a quote unquote Jesus girl. I never wanted that, but now I wouldn't have it any other way. So, you know, it was just like, it was, I guess, kind of like my dad passed away and I kind of picked up the reign with the, with that legacy, I guess. And, and it's just been, uh, quite the journey, quite the journey. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably what shaped you and then pushed you forward. And like, it's, it's such a difficult thing. I can't imagine, like, I'm not ready to imagine losing my parents, but at least you got to get closer to your heavenly father through losing your earthly father. And that's heartbreaking and beautiful all at the same time. And you know what else happened along the way, Ryan, is that the achievement addiction has subsided because when you are completely living spirit led and you are completely on a faith walk, there are no mal markers, you know, like when you get a job and you're like, okay, in two years, I could get this promotion in three years. I can get that promotion. If you're in school, if I take my classes on time, I'll graduate with my degree in four years. I'll get my master's in two years. God doesn't give you those kind of mile markers all of the time. Right. And it initially it was very challenging for me because I couldn't feel that achievement. But now it's different because I know that he's setting the markers. I just have to be paying attention to him to see them. They don't look the same as they looked in the world, but being obedient from day to day is an accomplishment in itself. I so love that. That. Was, that was a hard thing for me. Yeah. That was a very hard thing for me. Mm -hmm. Very hard. I can definitely relate to that. I'm not, I think that I'm kind of an achiever. I, I was thinking about the Enneagram. I'm a, I'm a two, which is the helper, but you know, then you can be like a, a wing one or a two. Are you? So I'm like, I think I could be mm -hmm. like a wing. I think I'm a wing three. And so that's the achiever and definitely feel like that's been my identity a lot. Like I like to like words of affirmation are important to me, but mm -hmm. now I definitely feel that shift in doing the podcast. Like I'm doing it because like, it brings me so much joy and it's nice to get the words back of people being impacted by it, but it's like, it's not about the achievement. It's more about like, I know that it's helping other people and that's right. the fulfillment and it's Jesus like fulfilling me now. And it's right. So much but, better. but it's, challenging you know it's just like when you are deciding to go into a healthier lifestyle and they're like oh you don't have to have sugar in that you can use dates and you're like all right it's okay with dates but it's not the same as sugar <laughs> you know? like 
you have to get to a, it, it's a process for you to get to some acceptance with it, right? So yes. you eat it with the dates and you roll your eyes, but at some point you get to the point where you're like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat that sugar anyway, but it's a journey. It's not easy. It's like you want to throw the cookie with the dates in it. Like who <laughs> eats that, you know? I love that analogy. That's so perfect. I love it. So what have you, have what we, oh my goodness, what have we not talked about that you'd like to share? I think what we haven't talked about much is um, motherhood. And I always say, you know, because I have been a habitual quitter and I start and I stop the only thing that I've been consistent with for the longest period of time, almost 17 years, is being a mom, you know? And because there are days when I might take a shower, I might not, you know? There might be a day when I eat something, maybe I don't feel like it, but not one day has gone by for the last almost 17 years that I haven't been a mom. And it's crazy because I almost can't imagine my life without these kids. And I think for a very long, well, I think, again, subtly, unconsciously, there are days when I take for granted the fact that I am a mom, because sometimes I just want my kids to, I don't know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank, you know, <laughs> I want to cook, I want them to eat cereal, I don't know, but I'm just, you know, I have a newfound appreciation for the responsibility that God has entrusted me with, with these two. I still don't know what he was thinking when he blessed me. Like, <laughs> you know, when my son turned 16, I'm like, you've never broken a bone. You still have 10 fingers and 10 toes and two eyes. Like we made it, you know, we've been through so much, but, and of course, you know, it's, it's not over, but I'm just grateful for, for, for the opportunity to be their mom. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I can agree with so much of that, like taking it for granted. It's hard. Like being a mom is so hard for me. And it's because, because I struggle with control and there's like, I used to be that person who would be like, oh my gosh, I would never let my kids act like that. And then I had kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, help me. <laughs> yes, I can't yes, control these guilty. kids. Guilty. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. so hard. And I, I definitely take it for granted. And I, I think every day it's a journey of like appreciating. And then, like you said, wanting them to do blank, like, listen, be quiet, just eat the food I made. I don't know. It's, it's, it's so much and it's so beautiful and it's so hard. And it's like, mm-hmm. you feel like you're messing up all the time. Yeah. You know, and I have to be careful. Like both my kids are taller than me now. They're both taller than six, three and they'll come in my room and want to dive on my bed. I'm like, you guys are going to break it. You're huge. (laughs) And in the moment when I want to be like, okay, get out. I have to remember that like these times are fleeting. Mm. They're teenagers. They're going to be young men soon. They're not going to want to jump on my bed someday. Right. So I have to appreciate it. Um, yeah. I know my oldest is eight and he's, he's just like the sweetest boy. I'm like, just trying to cuddle him as much as I can. Cause I'm like, one day you're going to be like this huge boy and it might be weird if I'm cuddling you. I don't know, but don't I'm worry. like, come here, he baby. three, he'll come and sit on your lap. <laughs> I love it. When he wants to though, you yeah. know, teens are moody. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing. Like I have to take it when they want to give it. Yeah. Some days when they're just like, mom, no. 
<laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, so even if I'm not in the mood, I'm going to take it because yeah. I got to. Yes. So I got to ask you, are you a Steelers fan because you're from Pittsburgh? So, yes. Everyone, if someone <laughs> from Pittsburgh is not a Steelers fan, you should be careful. <laughs> um, yes. Black and gold, you know, they say we bleed black and gold here. And I'm, not, I'm that we're still my family's Steelers fans, and we're not even from Pittsburgh. Oh, so, so you already know we're undefeated. I know we're undefeated. We're finally, finally, we're having a good year. My gosh, and a really good year. Yes, yes, yes. I knew I loved you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on here. This was so much fun, and I just love talking to you. and having you in my life now for having me i'm so excited to be here and i just pray that someone is blessed by the conversation and like i said i look forward to seeing your obedience oh i know you'll keep me accountable too yeah no i know people will definitely be blessed by this episode so thank you so much and where can people connect with you tiff People can connect with me on any social media platform at the Tiffany Huff. And I also have a podcast. It's called the bounce back blueprint and it's on all of those podcasting networks. Awesome. Love it. Definitely go take a listen to Tiffany. She is amazing. And thank you again so much. Thanks for listening to Lana send the word. May you be blessed and always be a blessing. Bye. Hey friend, as always, thank you so much for listening to Wellness and the Word. If you haven't yet, please go leave a review. It would mean the world to me and it helps other people find the podcast. Also share this podcast with a friend so we can spread God's love and encourage others. And if you haven't joined our Facebook community, please come join us. We would love to have you there. We would love to pray with you and just create a friendship rooted in Christ with you. That's Wellness and the Word community over on Facebook.